0: We'll just miss those two. So, so and then, then we asked why is the oil brought to Meshach? Then we asked or why does it say not And then we asked why at the end of the Pasuk it says N'er tamid, whereas the next Pasuk says that the N'er burns of ad Baker from evening to morning, which doesn't seem to be constant. Okay, we answered four of those questions. Simply, <coughs> we don't understand. We don't have to, We don't understand the, the deepest uh, expression of those answers, but the basic answers. At the tzav is yisrael. You, Meishu, the one that connect the Jewish people to Eretz That's mashiach. Right. And this is all based on the on the Frieder Right. Yikwe lecha shem and They'll bring to you shem and zayzach. Mashiach experiences an elevation by virtue of the fact that he connects the yidden to the Eretz. Somehow the yidden give him something, and that elevates mashiach. Okay, how that works, we don't know. Kosis Lamar, so Kosis Lamar, this is again on the Frida Grebi, answering all these questions in the Frida Grebi's Mimer from Teferish Bay Zion. That the, the Kosis Lamar, why does it say Kosis Lamar? Because the crushedness of Golis brings about a revelation of Etzim and Neshama, the essence of the soul, which is the or the source of light, as opposed to la'ir, the light itself, the illumination. Now the last question, as we said a number of times, that's going to be uh, that's going to be expressed uh, uh, <coughs> explained much later in the mime. Then the then the Friedi, again the Frieder Rebbe. It's all the, until yesterday we hadn't seen our Rebbe yet. You know, little bits here and there c- connecting the dots, but it's all the Frieda Rebbe's mime. Then the Rebbe brings the Frieda Rebbe, explaining the idea of Raya Mehemna two explanations of Raya Mehemna. Raya Neman, the faithful shepherd, or the shepherd of faith, and it's that aspect that the Rebbe emphasizes, the shepherd of faith. Why, what's pshat? Every yid has faith, every yid is a ma'min ben ma'min, <coughs> as Chazal say about it, is, ma'minim b'nei ma'minim. Ah, then what do we need, a shepherd of faith, because that that emuna might be makif, it might be something super conscious, in order to bring it into our conscious reality, so, Meshe Rabbeinu is the vehicle to bring that Emune into Paninius, into conscious you and me. All right? And that applies, this is all Gimel, that applies to the Meshe in every generation. The Rebbe brings the Nigla and the Chassidus, Mordechai, Bedara, Meshe bedara the, Midrash, and these Pashtusa, the Meshe, and the Medrash, and the Meshe, Bedara from the Zoya, the expression of Meshe in every single generation. All right? um, and, then, and then the Rabbi explains... Khasi the Union of Crushedness, the to crushedness to bring about a revelation of etzim. And the Rebbe asks our Rebbe then asks at the at the end of Gimel, why is why is what's the what's the relevance of Qassi Slamo'or, the crushedness of Gulus bringing about a revelation of etzim and the Shema, to the fact that uh, Moshe is the Raya Mahemna and the motion in every generation is the Raya Mahemna. What's the connection between those two? Okay, that's the Rebbe asked in the end of Oyskimol. Then, in order to explain that, so the Rebbe explained the union of Matan Torah and how there was a greater Matan Torah at Purim than at the time of the giving of the Torah. We don't have to go through all that. That's what we learned yesterday. Just review quickly, right? That the the uh, the greater revelation, uh, the greater acceptance of the Torah was the time of Purim. Why? What's the what was the 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 the, the aspect of the of the acceptance of the Torah at Purim that made it greater? Very simple answer. Masiras yes, nefesh, Self sacrifice. That was relevant only at time of Purim, not a time of Matantara. Then it was self-sacrifice before. Him. Okay. At the end of Shir yesterday, let's we'll start. you know what? We'll start from there, we'll see it again because it was the end. People often have their heads somewhere else in the end, eight thirty everybody's head turns off. People are thinking, Haydu levi, Kiru Bishma. The sweater keeps fading when I touch it, it comes back. <laughs> okay, so let's let's start from Luk At first glance, Yesh Lamar. Now this is our Rebbe speaking. Shapedus Bekosis Lamar, the explanation again, we saw this has we'll see it again to understand what's happening in the rest of the memory. Shapedrush Bekosis Lamar, the explanation of the words Khosis Lamar, and what does that mean? Shayyadeh Kosis. That by virtue of the crushedness of gullus Nishbar Vanidka, the hidden crushed, Magim <speaking in> Lamar, <Hebrew> we reach the Bour, who bir this is an explanation on the fact, Shibizmana Gazeda Dafka, at the time of the Gazeda Dafka, Baula Mesiris Nefesh Baifana Biesh, they came to a higher level of mesiris Nefesh mesiris Nefesh who mitzad etzim in the Shomma. Kimasiris Nefesh comes from the essence of the soul, which is a level of the soul that's beyond revelation. It's the Ma'or, the source of light, that from it is found the light. In other words, what's light? Light is a state of revelation. <coughs> what's the source of light? By definition, a state beyond revelation, not revealed. Essence is not revealed by definition. I, when Mashiach comes, there'll be a gilu yetzim, and there have been moments of that throughout history to, get us, to give us a taste of what that's all about. Last week's Parsha B'eropare, K'adosh Baruch showed Meshra Rabbeinu a revelation of Etsem based on the Rebbe Sikha from base. Shunun Pada, you're going to come see the highest state in Kedushan the, the most powerful level of Klippa but the source of the most powerful level of Klippa is the most high, powerful level of Kedushan come to that place why come and not go because Meshra was afraid to go Qadosh says come I'm there with you don't worry Okay, so there have been moments of revelation of, of, uh, of etzim, but that itself is, an, is, a, is, a, is a, uh, what would be called in English an oxymoron, a revelation of etzim. Etzim, by definition, is not revealed reality. There's two different states of reality, essential reality and revealed reality. which two different states of being. What's revelation? That which, so to speak, comes out from the essence of the thing and reveals it to the other. It doesn't even necessarily have to be the other. But it's a state of revelation. Usually when we talk about revelation, we talk about something being revealed to something else. Relative to a Kodesh Baruch there's all sorts of states of godly revelation that aren't revealed to anything else because there's nothing else there except Him. But there's revealed Him. We call that or we call that state of being light. Godly light, infinite godly light. It's not revealed to anything. It's just a state of revelation. Okay. What's the source of that? A place called Etzim, which is the mu the source of light, which by definition is not revealed. All right? Blue eyes are a revealed state of reality. The DNA that's the source of those blue eyes is not revealed. But it's the, so to speak, the essence of the blue eyes. Okay. You don't see the sun. You see sunlight. And even the pictures they're getting now of the, so to speak, the surface of the sun. They're, they're getting the picture of 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 something of you know the the revelation of that state of being, the, the, the light that's emanating from that thing. Because so to speak, if the sun were to go dark, they couldn't see it. <laughs> 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 they, they, by definition, seeing the light of it—that's what you see. Can't see anything else. You just go at night. Go to the sun at night, and you can see. It. You have to look carefully. You take your phone. You, sh- you know, put on the little light. And they're very bright. These lights. You take your little light, and you shine it on the sun at the night, so you can see it. You know what they're doing? I think that's what they do. It's a big machlekas, whether they're taking an iPhone or a Samsung. It's a, it's a huge. It's a big thing. Okay. So the crushedness of gullus brings us to a state of maor. Source of light. The <coughs> and by virtue of the fact, yes, we saw this yesterday, we're doing it again just to make sure we understand. Shall shahayu of the that since they were then in a state of Kosis, a state of crushedness, Nizbarvanitka, Nizgala it was revealed at some the ma'or. That's Kosis Lamar. That's what Kosis Lamar means. Aval. Now the Rebbe asks the question that he wants to explain. Aval, mihemshuk v'seder in yonim ba'maimer, based on the order of things in the Maimer, the Frida Grabis Maimer. This is our Rebbe asking a question about Frieder Grabbe's Maimer. Shapedush, but kasiyis l'mor. The explanation of Kosis l'mor in <coughs> the Frida Grabis Maimer comes after raya mehemna. Ba la'achraya in the Raya mehemna comes after the notion of Reimahem, the mashma, that seems to indicate the Indian Kosis Lamar, this idea of Kos Lamar, that the crushedness of Golis brings out the etzim of the Jews' neshama, Shaykh Gamlazeh is also relevant to the fact, Shemesha and Shetir that Mesha is the one that brings Neomuna into Panemius. And interesting enough, the Rabbi already mentioned to us, that based on the Feud of Rabbi's Mimer, that who was the vehicle for the for the expression of serious Nefesh in, in in the time of Purim. Mordechai. So, what do you need Mordechai for? What do you need Moshe for? Why is it necessary to understand? And Obviously that there must be a reality of Raya Mehemna before the mysterious Nefesh. The mysterious Nefesh would come from a state of Golas. Kasi's Lamar. Why is that not enough? Okay, let's see. We can explain this you do based on that which is known. <coughs> now, if you look at the footnote, footnote thirty-one. So the Rebbe says, "Rei hemshich tafresh ayin base." Right Tafresh base is is uh, the longest hemshich of the Rebbe shop It's one hundred and forty-four. Maimaran it started at true tafresh base and ended in tafresh ayin vav. Maybe even Zion and Kavov might have been also reached into Zion. not sure. It says 144 my mark. <clears throat> the so to speak magnum op- mag- magnum opus. That's what they say of 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 Chabad I mean, we've, we've, after you've you've learned everything else and you understand things pretty well, so then you can tackle Iron Base. Right now everybody was learning it eight years ago for obvious reasons because it was a hundred years time base. But but uh, 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 unbelievable, Mariam, explanation of everything, the, the Rebbe Rashab, okay. And it's clear that the Rebbe Rashab was was was, so to speak, preparing himself for this because there's there's explanations of ideas in other major years, Samach Vav, which is what Rabbi Coffin's class learned, they're learning a mayam from Samach Vav, Tafresh Samach Vav, also a very, very important year, very important maymah also a Ahemshech, that reached into Samach Zion the next year, so a Ahemshech means a continuation of Maimarim, one that builds upon the other, and certain ideas in Iron Base build on certain ideas in Samach Vav, and the Rabbi actually it, it explains certain things differently and explains them more deeply, it, it, incredibly important maymarim, such, and, and they weren't printed, it wasn't printed until Lamed Ches, Right? Didn't it wasn't even printed until Tafshin Lamit Ches. Right? Um, when they printed it, so the chiseid, evidently the Hasidim wanted it printed. Tavre Sha'yn Beis, the Rebbe Shabs Maimarim, the Rebbe said they could print it, but if you look at the front of most sifrei Maimarim, especially of the previous rebbeim, right? Um, see, the Rebbe's my Maimarim don't say it as much, because uh, But in the Maimarim of the previous Rebbeim, so it will say that this is printed with the, you know, uh, uh, under the guidance and based on the suggestion or the tzivui of the Rebbe. That's what it will say. In iron base, it doesn't say that. The Rebbe said, you can do it, but I didn't tell you to. So they printed printed Tafresh iron base whether there's any connection whatsoever, I have no clue because I don't understand how God runs the world, right? Okay, I mean, I don't wanna you know, burst any bubbles, but your rabbis don't understand how God runs the world. No one understands how God runs the world. God's bigger than all of us, right? And if you think you understand how God runs the world, poker toe. figure it out, okay? We don't know, because he's so much bigger than us, there's nothing to talk about, okay? So, so, but Rav Yol is convinced. Tavshin Lamet at Ches, they came out with iron base and the Rebbe got sick. The Rebbe said, you can print it, but I'm not putting my name on it. The Rebbe got sick in Tavshin Lam. They printed it once more. They did a reprint in Tavshin base, The Rebbe got sick again. <laughs> Rav Yol is convinced that the printing of iron base is the whole problem. Not that, he, not that it's not very important, but there's something whatever. Rabbi is convinced. convinced. Do we understand these things? We don't. <coughs> but it is interesting. The Rebbe says, based on that which is well known. Well, if you look at the footnote, the footnote is tough for and base. That is the m- uh, most difficult and complete expression of Hasidus that there ever was. And this is this mimer the Rebbe said now. This was written in Tafshin Lun Base, right? The mimer that we're looking at was written in Tafshin Lun Base, which is already 14, uh, sorry, tw- uh, yeah, f- 14 years after <coughs> the first time Iron Base came up. <coughs> but it, it was said three years after. So, how many Hasidim had gotten around to actually learning Iron Base at that point? But it's Yaduah, it's no, To this day, how many Hasidim have gotten around to learning Iron Base? It's very hard. It's three enormous volumes right? the people who wrote a running commentary on Iron Base that's excellent so they also put didn't put their name in it if you don't know who wrote it you'll never find out who wrote it Right? so I, I, I didn't know who wrote it I just happened to find out who wrote it because it, my son is married to the sister-in-law of this gentleman's daughter-in-law Okay, you can figure that out in other words my <laughs> mikutonim there's two sisters, so Rabbi Arad and my Michutanim are, and, and are Michutanim themselves. Their children got married. Rabbi Arad from from Rechovah, a very special guy. Runs a, an organization called Dat. So he, Yitzhak Arad and his son Mendel who's my son's brother-in-law so they wrote this book together explaining iron base. That's excellent. And they, but they didn't put their name in it. You can't find their name anywhere in the book. So my son found out that they had written the book. So he asked him at one of the family, you know, simchas or whatever, people meet at these places. Well, you wrote this, it's, it's, it's up to eight or nine volumes. He said, I mean, you wrote this book, why didn't you put your name in? No one knows who wrote the book. So he said, well, the Rebbe didn't put his name in Aynas, how can I put my name in books?" So no one, he wrote, can you imagine writing a nine volume book that no one knows that you wrote it? Just because, I mean, that's not what he's interested in. He's interested in people being able to learn iron bass. He wrote it. His name's not, you can't find his name in the book. You can't find the name of his organization in or the book. Nothing. So my son asked him. He said, the Rebbe didn't put his name in iron bass. How can I put my name in iron bass? <laughs> very special guy. If you've never heard of mean, he's, you know, he's, the Israelis have all heard of him. Obviously, he speaks Hebrew. Very, very special has an organization in Rehovot called Dat, which is a Makar of a lot of people, they have a yeshiva for Belichuva, a very special guy. So, iron base can be dua. it can be known, because it's out there. Lavar is there. we can explain the answer to our question. Again, our question is, kosis Lama'or means that the crushedness of gollus brings out an expression of the essence of the Jews' soul, the ma'or, the source of light, not the light, the levels of soul that are revealed, but the essence of the soul, that level of us that is almost indistinguishable from the Kaddish Baruch himself. Okay. But when the Frida Rebbe explains that idea in his Mimer, that the, this Mimer of the Rebbe is explaining, the Mimer of the Fidic Rebbe from Purim cotton Tafresh Pei Zion. So when the Freedic Rebbe explains that idea, explains it after Raya Mehemna, after the idea explaining that Moshe Rabbeinu and the Moshe Rabbeinu in every generation is the Raya Mehemna, the shepherd of faith, he brings faith into Paninius. Why? That's what the Rebbe is asking. Our Rebbe is asking about the previous Rebbe's order. Okay? So the Rebbe says in Isaiah, Yesh levar ze alpia yidua dezesh Yisrael ma'aminin belukus The fact that the Jewish people believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu p'shuta, with simple faith. And they do not require proofs that a Jew believes in God not because God was proven in a laboratory because he can't prove God in a laboratory but simply because they have this thing called Emunah P'shutah. So wh- where does that come from? There's two reasons. There's two sources of that amuna. A Jew is a, what, how do Chazal describe the Jewish people? Ma'minim b'nei ma'minim. Believers, the sons of believers. Why? Where does that belief come from? So obviously it comes from our soul, but what does that mean? So the Rabbi gives, explains what the two the two sources of that amunah are. Lefisha <clears throat> mazlayu chazi, because they're mazal sees. What does that mean? So the Rebbe explains. <laughs> the neshama above, we'll talk about that in a second, but let's just see the words first. Raya elokus, sees elokus. Re'iya Seeing, which is beyond intellect. V'zeppayil, <laughs> and this causes, <laughs> relative to the neshama that's clothed in the body, we'll talk about all this, Hayamuna <laughs> The first reason is Mazlay mazla What does mazlayu mean? There's a level of our neshama that not saw elokus. it's not in past tense, sees elokus Because we know there's five different levels of neshama, right? From the bottom up, nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, Yachida. Five levels of our soul, right? That correspond to different aspects of our being. Three levels of that soul are clothed in our body and, and vitalize our body. What's that? Nefesh, ruach, and neshama. From the top down, neshama is responsible for seich, intellect, the source of your intellect. Right? Ruach, source of your midas, emotional attri- attri- attributes and power of speech, and nefesh, action. That's why when we talk about the when we talk about an animal having a nefesh, an animal has a nefesh, absolutely. Ruach neshama? No. A nefesh, absolutely an animal, has some sort of metaphysical vitality that powers the action of that animal. There's the animal... Now, there's some level of ruach to the extent that we know an animal can experience emotion. Right? Less sophisticated than humans, but, okay, that's why animal emotion can also be more powerful than, than human emotion because of the the lack of intellect, right, the more intellect, the more tempered emotion is, we've talked about that, the more mature a person is, the more their intellect has grown and become more and more sophisticated, so to that extent their emotional state is more tempered and more even-tempered. The lows are not as low and the highs aren't as high, children with a less developed intellect experience incredibly powerful highs and lows. So they're bouncing off the wall with joy, or they're f- flinging themselves on the floor in anguish. Right? That's rather immature. Well, not if you're six, it's normal. If you're twenty-six, it's called immature. If you're six, it's just called being six. Right? Don't expect much from six-year-olds in terms of, you know, maturity. Right? Why should I expect that? I mean, that's not really fair. You can bring up a pretty messed up kid if you expect him at six to act like he should at 20. It's not very fair to him, right? You can say calmly that, you know, this behavior is not exactly the way we should behave, but you can't punish him for being six. (laughs) He's six. You don't punish a two-year-old for waking you up in the middle of the night, getting out of his bed and waking you up in the middle of the night. right? You don't, I mean... You accept that completely and totally and you get up and deal with whatever you have to deal with if an 18 year old gets up and, and, and if an 18 year old walks into your room and wakes you up in the middle of the night because they had a bad dream so you should probably kick them out of the house because right? <laughs> right? they're actually, they're a sick human being if you're 18 and you don't have enough sensitivity to the fact that your mother or father is tired works hard and needs sleep there's something seriously wrong with you that's just not normal behavior you're just cracked Right? Okay, a two-year-old, perfectly normal. right? Absolutely normal behavior. Why? Because a two-year-old has no sense of anybody other than himself. An 18-year-old is supposed to have started to develop that enough to be aware of the fact that my mother's tired. I'll let her sleep. She needs her sleep. Right? And the 18-year-old who can't do that is about two emotionally. Okay, well, are there such people? Yes. They throw loud parties to keep their neighbors up. The way it is, right? Or they walk into their dorm room late at night when their dorm mate is asleep and turn on the light. What's wrong with you? What are you doing, turning on a light? Right? The guy's asleep. Don't you understand that he's probably tired and needs sleep? Why are you turning on that? Because I need to find my slippers. <laughs> well, why don't you figure out a way to do that without bothering another human being? Well, but I need my slippers. OK. Do you have a rubber ducky, too? We'll get you a rubber ducky, and you can. <laughs> going to, right? It's not a very mature way of dealing with having another person who you share space with. OK. So animals have nefesh, a little bit of ruach. Not any neshama, right? No seichel. Again, we've talked about we talked about that in that there is an aspect of sechel that animals have, but it's the seichel of mides. It's not seichel itself. It's not what you and I call sechel. It's not human seichel. Fine. It's animal sechel. Animal seichel is the seichel of mides. The ability to decide that this is good for me. So the fox will figure out how to get the chicken. But the fox can't do math. Daddy right? can't do. But he'll figure out how to get the chicken. He might even figure out how to get the chicken and outsmart the farmer. Because the farmer is trying to figure out how to get the fox, not to get the chicken. The fox will figure it out. Okay. So that's sech. It's not say; It's mechin. Midas, not mechin. It's not real sech. It's what me, real sech. It's not human sech. Okay. Fine. <coughs> Those are the three levels of souls that are clothed in our body and power us constantly. There's a level of makif called chayyeshe Chaiyashav is responsible for your Ratzon that comes into your conscious reality, and you start to think about it because you have a Nefesh, you have an Neshama, okay? But 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 the the the, the, the. <coughs> Ratsai, Makif we've talked about it at length, so we don't have to go into that. Where is that part of the soul? Chaiyashav Nefesh. As you're sitting down here, and you have three levels of your soul, clothed in your body, empowering you through the Nefesh so where's Chayesha B'Nefesh? Chayesha is in Gan Edeb. Chayesha while you're sitting down here, Chayesha B'Nefesh is experiencing an incredibly powerful revelation of godliness. There's me, part of me, there. But it's super-conscious me. So I don't experience it. Why not? Well, because I'm down here, and I'm experiencing coffee. Right? Not God. Though some people, miss, you know, worship one and not the other, but as important as it is, it's not worthy of worship, right? Okay, coffee, God is. Okay, so what? what is my, what is, what? every single one of us, as we're here, there's a part of us that right now, as we're sitting here, you know, right now, that level of now obviously doesn't exist there like it exists here, but on, in that, right now, as we're here, there's a part of our neshama that is sitting in Elam Haba, in a place called, you know, Gan Eden, is Ghanedan, synonymous. That level of us is experiencing an incredibly powerful revelation of Ziv Hashina, the radiance of the divine presence. It has no issues about God or coffee. Neither. All right. Uh, is that a movement of the hand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, do we ever have any ability to access? That? exactly what the Rebbe is going to talk about in this minor, exactly what this, what the Rebbe, because yes, obviously we must, because we're explaining why we have a down here, All right? Now, that Amuna relative to down here is definitely makif, it's definitely something residual, it's there, but it's usually not something I'm conscious of. Why? Well, because I'm not in Gan Eden. I'm down here, okay? But that experience affects me down here. Why does it affect me down here? Because the neshama here, n- not, not necessarily that aspect of conscious me, right? The neshama here is affected by that experience there. Is my nefesh elu, is my nefesh affected by that experience there? My nefesh being the source of conscious me, that aspect of me that's aware of me as a created being. The nefesh Bahamis doesn't have to be a, 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 a complete ignoramus. I hope your Nefesh HaBahamis appreciates the fact that you were created by God. Nefesh HaBahamis doesn't have to dispute that fact. The Nefesh HaBahamis can understand that fact. Why? Because the Nefesh has intellect. And the Nefesh HaBahamis can come to the appreciation that I, meaning that experience I have of myself, which comes from the fact that I have a Nefesh HaBahamis, an animal soul, I was created by God, I want to understand God, I want to have a relationship with God, I want to love God. Who's saying all that? My Nevesh can say those words. Does he mean them? He might even mean them. Why? What well, we learned in Basi Lagani, that the Nevesh can come to an appreciation through contemplating godliness in a way that human intellect can understand. The Nevesh can come to an appreciation of the greatness of God. So I, which is my Nevesh my conscious awareness of my own existence, so to speak separate from God even though I appreciate the fact that he created me I feel separate from him he's over there so to speak and I'm over here that conscious experience comes from the Nebuchadnezzar but that Nebuchadnezzar can appreciate Elokos that's why we're sitting here that's why we got up in the morning who who brings you everywhere you go your Nebuchadnezzar ah you elokis might want to go there might not I'm talking about the good places we go. Right? The bad places we go, that's all Nevishabamis, and Nevishokis doesn't want to go there and is experiencing pain when we're there. Okay, what about the good places we go to? It's also the Nevishabamis. I understand. He only gets blamed for the bad stuff, he never gets credit for the good stuff. Same guy. Why am I why am I sitting here? Because my Nevishabahamis has come to the conclusion that learning Chasidis is a cool thing to do. How did my Nevish come to such a conclusion? Why not? He's not a lowlife. life. doesn't have to be a lowlife. If he's not educated, he's a complete lowlife. If he is educated, he can be interested in incredibly useful, wonderful, and godly things. Because I, this is my nevita badness. Okay, so does I experience the, the, the emunah of chayish of No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I can't, but not necessarily. But does the neshama clothed in the goof experience that? Absolutely. Why? Because by virtue of the fact that my neshama sees elokus, right at this moment, part of my neshama is in Ganeid and experiencing a revelation of elokus, that creates a reality that my neshama as a whole is connected to elokus and appreciates elokus. And even as that neshama descends down into the body and develops, so to speak, new aspects of being called neshama, ruach, and nefesh, those levels of the neshama are affected by that experience in ganin Does it affect my conscious reality? Well, see, that's exactly what the Rebbe's going to explain to us in the whole mind. How it can and why it might, what level is more likely to, because this is only the first of two levels of the source of our uh, um, emuna. Which level is more likely to, ex- to to express itself in conscious me? Okay. But at this point, l'efishel Mazlayo chazi, our neshama sees elokus in ganed. In what level? Chayyeh <laughs> sees elokus, and that affects the neshama in the, in the in the that's clothed in the goof. Doesn't say it affects the nefesh That isn't what the Rebbe said. Can it? We'll see. But the Rebbe says <laughs> because this connection to elokus becomes part and parcel of the reality of the neshama. But what does reiya mean? Re'iyah, by definition, means, and we're going to see there's a deeper level, that's the second level, the first level that the Rebbe talks about is seeing. What does seeing mean? Seeing means that there's a separation between the seer and that which is seen. They're not the same thing. That doesn't mean they don't feel an incredibly powerful unity, but they're not one and the same thing. They're two things that feel powerfully connected. But by definition not me. Something I see. Right? That's different than being me. I don't see myself. I, you know, sometimes I want to look in the mirror to see myself so I'll know how other people see me. Sad, but I don't have to look in the mirror to know that I'm there. Right? I know I'm there because I'm one with me. Mamish one with me. I am me. Okay. So I don't have to see me to see you. Now, seeing you might make you part of me, and me part of you, because you see me. right? So we're united. We become one, but not one thing. We become two things that are very, very powerfully connected. And so the Rebbe says here, Re'iyu, which is Lamailamina sechel he says that in the parentheses. What does it mean, your re is my l'mina Sechel? My connection to something that I see is more powerful than my connection to something I understand to such an extent that if I see it, even if I don't understand it, I'm united with it, it becomes part of my reality, and no one can convince me that it doesn't exist. Even if it doesn't make any sense. If I see an elephant with wings flying, but I see it, then you can try to convince me all day long that there's no such thing. I saw it, I'm sorry, I, I agree with you. Intellectually that makes no sense whatsoever. I'm a zoologist. And I'll explain to you at great length, I'll be how an elephant doesn't have wings and can't fly. That doesn't mean I didn't see an elephant with wings flying. I saw an elephant with wings flying. watching I'm a marine biologist. Water cannot stand up in walls, in 12 lanes, allowing 3 million people to pass through it on dry land. It can't happen. Well, I saw it, it did. That does not mean that I'm not gonna teach you all the laws of water in my marine biology class that contradict the experience I myself had walking through a lane of dry land with two walls of water on each side and I saw the fish in there. And I saw a tribe on that side and another tribe on that side. Did I see that? Yes. So it happened. Can I explain that Al seichel? No, because it can't happen alpi seichel. This can't happen. That isn't what walls. That isn't what water does. Water doesn't stand up as walls. Ice might. It was interesting because that's what we, right, the word used in the Torah to describe that is kuf aleph. The mine was kuf pey aleph. Kufu right, the bay. Now, what is we, what, how do we use that word in in, in modern Hebrew to mean frozen? All right, okay, because frozen water will stand. It's not water. It's called ice. But this wasn't ice. This was water. Ice had no problem with ice standing up. Go to Ottawa in the winter. Right, don't. Talk to someone who dare. You can talk to the mayor about Montreal in the winter. Right? Mayor has a friend who went out in November, and he's still where he was. <laughs> We're waiting for April for it to thaw out. Right? It's a way to stay young. Okay. <coughs> so that's ice. Water doesn't do that. I, but I saw it, so no one will ever convince me, I'm one of those people who was there, that wa- that water didn't stand up as a wall and allow me to walk through it on dry land. No one will ever convince me of the fact. Why? Because I saw it. Mm-hmm. You and I, well, you and I were there on some level, okay, but you and I now sitting here 3,331 years and how many months? Nine months later, almost 10 months later, 10 months later, okay, from that event, we believe that event happened. Did we see it? No, we didn't see it. At least not conscious me down here. I didn't see that. I do believe that such a thing happened, but I didn't see it. So my relationship to that event is obviously different than the people who actually were standing there and saw it. If I were to bring one of those people here and he's standing here and he's 3,340 years old and he tells me about the event and I trust his memory, so then, you know, I mean, he trusts his memory, so then uh, he'll he'll describe it in a completely different way than you and I will. It might be... Right? Now it won't, because it's coming from a place called the Muna, which is higher than Seichel, but it might be that someone intellectually could try to convince me that it didn't happen, and I would have a harder time telling him that it did, because I would be based just on a Muna, where as opposed to having seen it. Someone who saw Kriyas Yom go explain to that person it didn't happen. It's not, it happened. I, was, I, I understand your questions, I get it, it, it it's, it's completely beyond intellect, but I saw it, it happened okay, that's Re'iyah, which is beyond Seichel intellect won't be able to explain it Re'iyah will be able to experience it but that experience is still something separate from me as as much as I feel one with the experience it's still me experiencing something else fine we understand that. That 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 it's a subtle point because it becomes very much part of me but it's not me Right. Each one of you is part of everybody's reality in this world. Wildlife, we all see each other. Okay, so we're gonna have issues about the existence of each other. No, I mean, Rafi exists. I don't know. Here right he Look at him. Here he is. Does that mean you're Rafi? No. Is Rafi's existence part of your existence? Yes. But you're not him. It's not you. I mean, some people like to do that. You know turn Rafi into just an extension of me. Those are called selfish people. Right? Okay. But he's not an extension of me. Is he part of me? Absolutely. Part of my existence. Part of my life. I, 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 how do I know he exists? It's right here. Here he is. Look. He's right here. See him. There he is. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baruch Hashem. Rafi's here. But I'm not Rafi. Rafi's not me. But I see him completely. I, no one can ever convince me there's no one named Rafi. When I talk, my son? There's no birth certificate. There's no. There's n- no evidence of the existence of this person in any way. I'm sorry, Rafi. Right? We know there is. Right? It, it doesn't exist. N- not in the registry of any country. Any? It doesn't. Rafi does not exist. I just saw him. <laughs> Don't tell me he doesn't exist. He's right here. And if you ask me in a year, I'll say i my son. It's in my class. Huh? True. Okay, that's re'iyah, but that doesn't mean he's me and I'm not in. That's re'iyah b'elukus, that's what happens in Ganeiden. That affects the neshama in the goof to the extent that the neshama in the goof is also part of the same neshama that sees Elocus at the same moment <coughs> in Ganeiden, because the question can be asked, what is the fact that I see up there, I have anything to do with the neshama down here, two completely different states of reality? Well yes and no, it's the same neshama though. It's just a radiance of the same neshama. That's the mushal we use to understand the idea of the neshama coming into the body. It's like a radiance, a ray of light. So it's the same ray of light. This ray of light comes through different levels of reality. So there's a ray of light that's closer to the source, and there's a ray of light that's farther from its source. Okay, But that ray of light that's farther from its source is still part of the same ray. And what does that light experience on a, on a different level of reality? It sees elokus. That's what the Rebbe means here in terms of re'iya that's l'may l'mina sech. It's beyond intellect, which allows us to have a super-rational connection to elokus. Certainly, my neshama does. Now, does that affect my conscious reality? So we'll see. It can absolutely. Right. <coughs> How we'll see. That's one explanation of the amuna vajun, but there's a deeper explanation. the beer. The shadash the source of our amuna is from the essence of the soul. which is beyond the fact that my mazel sees. His literally, his mazel sees. the fact that the essence of our soul, which is the fifth level of soul. In this mime, we'll see the there even etzim can, so to speak, be divided into two levels. But we'll, here we're just talking very simply. Five levels of soul. Yechidushah Nefesh, which is the name of the essence of the soul. Chaya, neshama, ruach, nefesh. Do we have to write those on the board? Everybody knows those? Can we write them? Can we write them? Mother, may I? Can I? I can Oh. Okay, huh? You move one more book, the whole thing turns around and it's refrigerated, full of cold cuts and, and Well, All for brain in this world. <laughs> <laughs> the other side is Rabbi office. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, what's this? Tochneet shalom shall Trump. I don't feel bad erasing that. This is the yeah, they pretty quickly. <coughs> we can always count on them. Yeah, are good to give up parts of herbs as well. Count on them. We'll never be able to do a scan. Yes, they the best. Okay, Yehida. I'm sorry, that might be in the glare. Okay, that's that's the name. But we're going to put essence. Okay, but really, it's the name of the essence of the Misham, Okay, Yehida Shebenesh. Chaya, right? Neshama, Ruach, Nefesh. Okay? Intellect. Emotion. Action. And this is the level of... This is a makif. It's a superconscious level. And that's in Gan Eden, And that's Masli, maslay His... He is mazl chazi, mazli chazi, okay? Say it again. Is that okay? okay. So what's etzim in the Shama, etzim in the Shama, what's etzim in the Shama? The essence of the soul. So that's a level of, uh, of, of uh, the, the, the most powerful source of Emuna. Let's see what the Rabbi says. The in the Shama mikusheres is connected to God. He his It's an essential connection. What does that mean? She'ena teluyeh besiba. It's not dependent on a reason, on any event happening. Why is it that the level of or benefesh is powerfully connected to a gadol Because it sees elokus. That's a reason. It's an event, so to speak. Now, beseder, it's an existential event because that's the reality in that place. Beseder, but it, it, that it has to happen. There's an event called reiyas elokus. I see elokus. It's happening all the time. That's what happens up there. What does that look like? I don't know. How are we supposed to know? We don't know what it means to see godly reality, metaphysical reality. We only understand physical reality. We don't even know how to describe metaphysical reality other than metaphysical. Not above physical. Not physical. Well, okay. Well, what is it? I don't know. I know what it isn't. All right. Okay. Fine. What about iskashrus atzmi? Iskashus atzmi is not a function of an event happening. It's a function of a, it's a function of an existential, essential state of being. Then The Shama is connected to elokus. It's a piece of elokus. It's indistinguishable from elokus, so to speak. It's an essential connection. It just is what it is, not because anything happened, which is an, a, a, so to speak an external event, a reason. Even not seeing something. The essence of the soul doesn't see elokus, it is elokus. It's indistinguishable from the abishter. Where does the abishtha end, so to speak, and the neshama begin, so to speak? Can't describe that place. What does that look like? That's the level of neshama that's often called rudla. We say there's three levels of the crown, three heads of the crown. Rutzen, Tainuk, and amuna. Right? And what are those? So you learn two levels of keser, arich and atik. You learn that in of Le- HaMeshakele. We just finished the mime. Right? What's arich? The level of keser that is the source of the next level of being, called the tzilus. Okay, what's that? In, in, in you in powers of your soul, that's ratsan. What's ratsan? Rutsin is the level of makif, the level of superconscious you that's constantly being revealed in conscious you. You're constantly becoming aware of your Ratsan. Once you become aware of it, so then it's it it, it I mean it's still called Ratsan, but it's it's now part of what you're thinking about. I'm thinking about this desire that I have. Okay. So now it's part of conscious me. So then I have to make a decision. I'm going to act on it. I'm not going to act on it. Okay, so if it's coming from a nefesh al then it's positive. coming from a nefesh al it's not. Okay. Simply. Okay. Then there's a level beyond that called tainuk, Pleasure. Why do I have such a rotzer? Because I get pleasure from that thing. Why do I get pleasure from that thing? I haven't got a clue. Don't know. I don't know. I just do. That can be something completely unimportant or something very, very real. Right. I like corn, you like peas. Why do you like peas and I like corn? I don't know. Corn gives me pleasure. Peas don't give me pleasure. Peas give you pleasure. Corn doesn't give you pleasure. Why is that? I haven't got a clue. That's because you and I, I, I was misbeinin on corn and you were misbeinin on peas? No. Two twins, right? One twin. The mother gives them corn and peas on their little, you know, Fisher-Price... Ding, that, that, that you know, they're sitting there all strapped in and they've got the tray in front of them Fisher Price were the first people that figured out maybe you should put a lip on the tray <laughs> so the stuff doesn't fall all over the place okay the one we bought 40 years ago well, 35 years ago still in the house amazing our grandchildren are using it making a mess on the same tray okay as our kids did okay so what does is, what is one kid do that's because they're two or less takes every pee puts it on the floor before he eats the corn. What does his twin brother do? Take every piece of corn, put it on the floor before he eats the peas. Why? Oh, well, it's social conditioning because their mother their mother clearly conditioned them to, oh, we well, can't say that, right? Because they're the same mother, same kids, same food every time. One of them takes corn and goes like that, and the other takes the peas and goes like that. Why? something about some, now we're not talking about etzim and neshama, right? We're talking about just some aspect of a a very deep place in this child that for whatever reason this child doesn't get pleasure from peas. Why not? I don't know. No clue. Completely super rational. Or sub rational, whichever one you want to talk about. I mean you might say that also because we're talking about corn and peas, like who cares? But it has nothing to do with the rational Understanding of this child, if for whatever reason, this child doesn't get pleasure from peas, and and that affects adults also. You you you'll give someone a taste of something, go oh, I don't know, doesn't the other person wow that tastes so good, that really gives me pleasure. The other person doesn't give me pleasure at all. Why not? I don't know, it just doesn't. I just don't like the taste Why? Where does that come from? <coughs> Some very deep place. Okay, when you're talking about neshama, tainug, a place <coughs> of incredibly deep pleasure for Elo. Elokus. Why? Kacha. That's just the way the neshama is. It's not because the neshama contemplated godliness; it just experiences pleasure from it. Why? Well, it just does. That's the, that's a very deep place in the nature of the neshama, and it, it that will produce a rotzen, a desire for something. What? Elokus, in terms of the soul. Fine. Okay. So tainug is relative to atik. And then the Panemius Atik, the Panemius of the Panemius. what's that? That's called Rad Law. Reish the Loi yoda. the head that doesn't know and isn't known. <coughs> Whatever that is. But you'll run into that sometimes. Rad Law. What's that? That's the third head of the crown. Arik, Atik, which we learned about in Lysa Meshekela. so if you don't know what that is, then that means you missed the last mimer we learned. Fine. Ati, and atik. we learned about that at length in Misha Meshakela the level beyond that, the third level is called Law. that's relative to a moon. so I once asked the Mashpia what is it that the head doesn't know and it, it, it says the head doesn't know and isn't known, what doesn't it know and what isn't known so he said something quite astounding that's the level of the Neshama where it's not known is this the Abishtar or is this a Neshama what is this that level of the neshama—that's and neshama, the mamish—the level of the neshama that it's—you it, it, can't—it's indistinguishable from the Eibshtei itself. So it's what's called Mushrash ba'atzmos. It's sourced, rooted in atzmus. It's rooted in the essence of a Kaddish Baruch. mamish. It's mamish—a piece of elokuz. It's the Eibshtei. Right? The story with the Tzemach that you all know because you've heard it in here a few times. All right? But you don't remember anything, because you don't exercise enough. If you exercise, you'll have, your memory will get better, you know that? Just keep forgetting to exercise. The, the, the <laughs> That's for older people who don't want to lose their memory. You guys <laughs> don't have to worry about that yet. I thought, I, I remembered there was coffee in there, but I was wrong. Right? Okay? <coughs> the same was once asked by a philosopher asked. He was challenged by the philosopher who said that I can prove to you that God's not omnipotent. He's not all powerful why? Because what was his what was his question? He said God can't create another god. Well, that's a pretty tricky argument. Right? It's a lot deeper than, can God create a rock that He can't pick up? That's just stupid. But yes, He can create it, and yes, He can pick it up. Because you're putting God into boxes that God doesn't fit into. He can create that rock, and He can pick it up. Deal with it. It's the paradox of paradoxes. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Rashba, the Rashba, the famous Rishon, the Rashba, calls the, Nimnaha Nimna'ot. That God is the ultimate paradox. The paradox of paradoxes, okay? So it doesn't fit into any boxes. Okay, but this is such like, an interesting question. Can God create another God? Well, if he creates another God, then he's not God, right? Because the nature of God is he's one. Can't be another one. Can't be another anything. Right? Not even another God. Can't be anything that exists outside of God, or else God's not God. So you and I don't exist outside of God. This cup doesn't exist outside of God. It's just an an, an, an expression, and an extension of His existence. In gvul, in limited reality. Okay, say there. So can God create another God? <coughs> God can create something that looks like it's not Him, because He's not limited in any way, shape, or form, so He can create this. He can exist in gvul. He can exist in limitation. He can exist in finite. Right? We've talked about it so often. God's not infinite. Don't limit God by saying he's infinite. He's not infinite. He's beyond infinite. He's the source of infinite reality. You and I call that or. Er. He's the source of finite reality. You and I call that Kalim. Okay. Infinite? Infinite's limited. Can't express itself in finite. God can. Here he is. It's not him. Don't bow down to it. Don't be a dummy. But this only exists by virtue of the fact that He exists. It's an expression of godly existence. It's not God, but it's an expression of godly existence. It only exists by virtue of the fact that He does. So it's on one level it's hiding Him. But if you have the right eyes, you realize that it's revealing Him, like everything. Because everything is just an extension of Him in its deepest form. Okay, fine. So he asked the, the, the Samachs, the can God create another God? And what did the Samachs answer? Some of you must remember the answer. He did. He did. What's it called? A Jew. a Jew. What's a Jew? A Jew is a little piece of God walking around in a body because he has this thing called the Nefesh elokis. What's a Nefesh elokis? A little piece of God. That's what the Altar Rabbi says a piece of God from above mamish. I can you cut God into pieces? No. okay so what's the muscle like a ray of light that comes out from the sun does that mean there's 10 suns because there's 10 rays of light no it's one sun just different rays coming out from that one sun okay but we'll talk about that in terms of etzim and Hashem works in that way so to speak so what's the etzim? Etzim is a level of our connection to a kodesh baruch That's essential. It's not a function. It's not a function of any event that happened. It's just an essential connection that, that we and the avirsh are one. So of course I, I experience his existence because my existence and his existence are indistinguishable and uh, inseparable. And that's the level of the Jewish soul that can't possibly be disconnected from a kodesh baruch I can disconnect. Et- not I, Ruven can disconnect every single level of his conscious and super-conscious l- reality from a Baruch Hu. Reuven's Ratzin, even though he has, a, of course he has a Nefesh keys and there's a Rutsin of the Nefesh keys to connect to a Baruch Hu, but that can have nothing to do, nothing to do, with conscious Reuven in any way, shape, or form, such that, so to speak, Reuven's Neshama is cut off. We learned it in Basi L'Gani, Fourth chapter. Third chapter explains how an avirah separates us from the Eibushner. The fourth chapter explained how that how does that separation happen? It's, it happens in the mides of the nefeshelokis, but not the etzim of the nefeshelokis. It's like cutting the rope. If you cut the rope, so the rope is still tied to the ceiling, just you cut the rest of the rope from the part of the rope that's connected to the ceiling. All right? You didn't disconnect the rope from the ceiling. You cut the rope. Was the avirah do it? Cuts the rope. Okay, it cuts the rope from itself. That's, That's the Neveva. We learned this in Basi Ligani. This is a review. Okay, Basi Ligani. It's Erev Yud Shvat. We're all going to learn the Maimur. We're going to learn part of the Maimur after Marav tonight. We'll learn part of the Maimur after Shachros tomorrow. And we'll learn part of the Maimur after Mincha tomorrow. The we'll Chazrit after Davining. The next, three in, in davening Tonight, tomorrow, in, in uh, Shachros and Mincha. That's the Minag on Yud Shvat, which is tonight. Okay, so, so we'll see it again if you don't remember from learning. But we learned it. So there's a, there's an aspect of us that is inseparable from Hakadosh Baruch and what's that? That's that's a minishama. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll stop here. The Rebbe tomorrow will explain to us the difference between those two sources of amuna relative to our conscious reality down here. And our, our, both our Nefesh down here and conscious Nefesh down here. Okay? The two different sources of emuna: Re'iyah and Etzim. Now, what's the difference, just simply before we stop, what's the difference between those two? So Re'iyah, we emphasize the fact that as much as that brings about a certain unity between the thing, the thing I see and myself, it's still, that thing is not me. Whereas Etzim, it's me. It's the Etzim of me. It's the deepest place in me. That's what etsum means. It's my etsum. Okay. That's a very, very different state than me seeing God. God's over there. I see him, even if he's very close. He's right next to me. Still not me. The fact that he's right next to me makes a very powerful impression on me, so it becomes part of my reality. Yes, but still not me. Etsum is me, it's the etsum of me. It's my DNA. But my DNA, my spiritual DNA. It's physical DNA. Why are your eyes blue? Your eyes are blue because your genetic code is blue eyes. Is the genetic code revealed? No. Blue eyes revealed? Yes. Okay. So you're one with your DNA. There's spiritual DNA. That's the Yetzim and the Shema. That is the DNA of every single Jew. You can't possibly be disconnected to that. Physical DNA, evidently they—they, they, I mean, I think they can already fiddle around with it, right? Can't they? Can they fiddle around with DNA? I and mean, if not, so they'll figure it out. If—if if, you know, if governments let them, they'll figure it out. Maybe they won't let them. But the you could, physical DNA, so it, you know, it's a muscle for etzim, but it's not Mamish etzim because you, you could change it. You can't change the etzim of a Jew. The etzim of a Jew is that he's essentially connected to a Kurdish baruch and that's just who he is. I mean, can't do anything about it. Okay. stop there, we'll go right to tomorrow the Rebbe's going to explain at the end of the passage